My name is Luna Casey, and welcome to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. The New England area is full of tales of haunted locations, legendary creatures, and stories of the just plain weird. So, whether you're into ghosts, lake monsters, or strange lights in the night sky, we are your home for all things paranormal. Welcome to Season 3 of the New England Ghost Stories Podcast. You probably noticed that we took an unexpected break in more ways than one. But now that everyone is healthy, we're finally back, doing what we love. And first up, we're traveling to Dover, Massachusetts, home of the Dover Demon. Dover, Massachusetts is located about 15 miles southwest of Boston. This mostly residential town is one of the wealthiest towns in Norfolk County. And at a population of just over 5,900, it is also one of the smallest. Dover sits along the south banks of the Charles River and is dotted by horse farms. It's also one of those towns where if you're looking for excitement, you have to head to a nearby city. That all changed in April of 1977 when four teenagers spotted a creature the likes of which they had never seen before. The first sighting took place a little after 10.30 p.m. on April 21, 1977. 17-year-old Bill Bartlett was giving his two friends, Mike Mazoka and Andy Brody, a ride home in his Volkswagen. He was driving north on Farm Street. Bartlett spotted something creeping along a low wall on the side of the road. He assumed it was just a dog or a cat. That is, until the creature is fully illuminated in his headlights. Bartlett described the creature as having a watermelon-shaped head, two large, round, lidless eyes, shining like two orange marbles. It had long, spindly arms and legs with large hands and feet that curled around the rocks on the wall. He claims that it couldn't have been more than three and a half to four feet tall with a hairless, peach-colored skin. By the time he could say, Did you see that? The creature was gone and neither Mazoka or Brody had seen it. After dropping his friends off at their respective houses, Bartlett is still shaken when he arrives home. There, he describes what he has seen to his father and later sketches a picture of it. Sometime after midnight on the same night, 15-year-old John Baxter is walking up the street on his way home from his girlfriend's house when he spies a creature that he can't identify. In a dark, overcast night, he saw a shadowy form approaching him from the opposite direction. At first, he think it might be a friend of his who lives on the street, so he called out to him. 
Baxter gets no response. He and the figure take a few more steps towards each other. Then the creature stops. Baxter also stops and calls out, Who is that? Again, there is no response. Not sure of who or what he is looking at, Baxter takes another step forward, and the figure scurries off to the left. He watches as it runs into a wooded gully and up the opposite bank. He follows the figure down the slope, but stops when he's about 30 feet away from the creature. For a short time, the two just stood there in the dark, staring at each other. Baxter claimed that the creature's feet seemed molded around the rock on which it stood. The fingers of the creature appeared long and thin, as they too seemed molded around the trunk of a tree. He described the creature's body to be like a monkey's, except for its head. The head was large and shaped like a figure eight. In about the middle of its head were two large eyes, and they were looking straight at Baxter. He began to feel uneasy and probably had second thoughts about chasing this thing down into the gully. Not knowing what this thing was or what it might do, Baxter hurried back up the slope. He didn't even slow down once he was back on the road. He continued to walk very fast down the road to the intersection at Farm Street. There, a passing car stopped and gave him a ride home. The third sighting came the following night, April 22nd, again around midnight. Fifteen-year-old Abby Bramham was being driven home by Will Trainer, 18, when she suddenly spotted something on the side of the road, sitting on all fours by a bridge. Trainer was driving, so he only caught a glimpse of something with a large head and a tan body crouched in the road. But Brabham got a good look. She also described the creature as having a large, oval-shaped head and long, spindly limbs. She claimed that the being was missing ears, nose, and mouth. All it had were large eyes, which were round and glowed bright green in color not orange, as Bartlett had described. Brabham said, As I looked at it, it kind of looked a minute like an ape. And then I looked at the head, and the head was very big, and it was a very weird head. It had bright green eyes, and the eyes just glowed like they were just looking exactly at me. Now, one sighting could be chalked up to a misidentified animal, such as a cat or a possum. But three independent sightings, all with similar descriptions, that was news. Suddenly, Quiet Dover was in the newspapers, and the Dover demon was born. When word got out, another witness, Mark Senot, claimed that he saw a similar creature five years earlier, in 1972. 
Like Bartlett, he spotted something with glowing eyes in the beam of his headlights. We saw a small figure deep in the woods, he said, moving at the edge of a pond. We could see it moving in the headlights, but they had no idea what the thing was. No matter what the creature was, the sighting continued to haunt Bartlett even years later. Confesses Bartlett, in a lot of ways it's kind of embarrassing to me. I definitely saw something. It was definitely weird. I didn't make it up. Sometimes I wish I had. So, what kind of creature is the Dover Demon? Well, that remains a mystery. Of course, there is a possibility that the Dover Demon was a creation of a bunch of bored teenagers in the days before smartphones and video games. But when the Dover Demon hit the news, reporters and investigators descended upon the town. Among them was noted Maine cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman and UFO investigators Edwin Fogg, Jr., and Walter N. Webb. After interviewing the witnesses and documenting the case, all three investigators concluded that there was no evidence of a hoax. Although they all felt the witnesses were credible, none had any idea as to what this creature was. There are a few theories about what it could be, though. One theory is that the creature could have been a foal, or baby moose. However, April wasn't foal season, and moose sightings weren't common in Dover at that time. Also, folds and moose don't stand on hind legs or sit on top of walls. Or could this creature be some exotic animal that escaped from its owner? Could be, but the description of the creature doesn't seem to fit any known species of animal. Another theory suggests what the teen saw was an alien. The description of the Dover demon does sound similar to a gray alien. But as no strange lights or UFO sightings were reported around that time, this theory seems unlikely too. Besides, neither of the UFO investigators who came to Dover were convinced that this was the answer. Investigators noticed that when plotted on a map, all the sightings lay in a straight line over two miles. And all of them were close to a source of water, which brought to mind a creature found in Ojibwe lore, the Menegwegshi. The Menegweshi are a small, half-human, half-animal race who live on riverbanks. They are mostly benign creatures, but can turn downright mean if they are not shown the proper respect. They have been known to steal things or blow canoes off course. For this reason, it is considered good luck to bring them offerings of tobacco and other gifts. The Menegweshi are described as being child-sized and hairy with large heads. 
Cree folklore also describes the Menegueshi as having large heads, narrow faces, huge eyes, no nose, and six fingers on each hand. They are said to carve symbols on rocks and sometimes carve small canoes for themselves out of stone. Stories tell of how these trickster creatures will swim underneath canoes and overturn them, especially near rapids. Whether Menegueshi, an alien, or some unknown animal species, the Dover demon has not been seen since. So, we may never know exactly what the Dover demon actually is. Thank you for listening to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. New episodes are added every other Friday. New England Ghost Stories is written and produced by L.B. Kirkwood. Music by Vyacheslav Dragunov. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the New England Ghost Stories podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or at your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. And if you have a story that you'd like to see covered in an upcoming podcast, you can leave a comment on our website at newenglandghoststories.com or on our Facebook page at New England Ghost Stories. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, This is Luna Casey.